0: One of the things that I love to do is I collect sayings. I love when there's a truth that is encapsulated in just a few words. And and so I collect sayings. And one of the things that if you've been here at River Valley that you've heard one of my sayings over and over again, it's one of those that kind of bubbles to the top, is this, your history is not your destiny. In other words, the way that you were raised doesn't have to dictate the way that you act. The choices of your past don't have to make you act that way in the future. Your history in Jesus Christ does not have to be the way that you are going forward. Your history is not your destiny. Paul begins uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2. He says, I want you to remember your past. It's important to remember your history. He says, you were without the covenant. You weren't in agreement with God. And because of that, you had no God and no hope. But then in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, he gives us these great words. He says, but now in Christ, you who are away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I love that. But now in Christ. In other words, your history doesn't have to be what you are looking for in the future. Why? Because but now you are in Christ. Now, that's important in salvation, but it's important for us as believers as well. So many times I think I get in a rut that this is the way it's supposed to be. Let me give you an example. Um, The Lord did something in my family this week that I want to share with you. I I shared the first half about a month ago, but I'm going to reshare it in case you weren't here. My son is uh, 19 years old, and he has had four shoulder surgeries starting at the age of 15. Um, he tears tear his labrum, it would go out of socket over and over again, had to miss uh, almost all of his high school athletics, uh, extensive surgeries, recovery. Uh, this last one finally happened, we thought, okay, you know, we're, we're done with that. And last month, um, he felt his shoulder go out of socket and and he knew that he had torn his labrum. He remember, he's done this four times. So, he knows what it feels like when he when not just goes out of socket but it tears his labrum. He also in this one, he literally heard it tear. He literally heard it. And I shared with you how demoralizing that was for us as a family. He was looking at his fifth surgery and, and what that would look like, and, it, it, you know, just all of the plans that he had and the things that he was doing are now on hold. And 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 so, to be honest with you, my, my prayer um, was more in the lines of, God, don't let him uh, through suffering, uh, you know, abandon you. You know, I, I don't want him to abandon you, because this is a hard thing. I mean, it, it was very— Oh, it was just horrible. And so, so that was my prayer. And, but, but Creed prayed a different prayer. Uh, Creed told me, he said, Dad, I told the Lord I'm going to worship Him no matter what. And I went to church the next week and I worshiped Him, uh, even though my shoulder was hurting and I knew there was a possible surgery. But in Christ, I was praying for a healing. He said, I was praying because my thoughts were, this is the way it works. You go to the doctor, he sends you the MRI. You get the MRI, you go back to the doctor and he reads it. And he says, yeah, you've torn your labrum. This is the surgery we need to do. We're going to schedule it for then so we can have the most time to recuperate. Oh, but over Christmas, he's not going to be able to do anything because he's got this surgery. And then he'll be ready for school the next year. That was, I mean, I just I fell into ruts. You ever do that? I mean, I just, this is the way it happens, because it's happened so many times, but not creed. He prayed, Lord, when the, the uh, MRI is read, I pray that the doctor would say, there's no tears, the anchors have hold, everything is good, you are fine. And that was his prayer. We went to the doctor this week. We scheduled two doctor's appointments uh, because we uh, knew that we needed a second opinion on the type of surgery because it was going to be a bigger surgery than he had had done in the past. Uh, Both doctors looked at the MRI and they said, there is no tear. The anchors have hold. You're fine. Nothing is wrong with you. My God did a miracle this week, an absolute total miracle. Creed knows what it feels like to have his labrum torn. It's happened four times or five times. He heard it tear. The doctors couldn't find anything wrong. Uh, It was, I mean, I, I keep saying that it's unbelievable. The problem was, is that Creed was believing it and it happened. But now in Christ, Jesus can do amazing things with your present and with your future, even if you've been in the ruts in the past. It's such a powerful lesson for me, and so this week I've been praying, God, these are the things that I think that are just coming that way they are, and I don't want them to be that way, and I've just been praying, but now in Christ, I want you to do something new. So that's what we're going to do at the end of the sermon today, and I want you to hear the sermon of what Christ does, but I want you to be preparing for your your, uh, prayer statements. So that's why your cards are on the seats uh, that you're sitting in, and I want you to write at the top, but now in Christ, and your first prayer request is going to be, Lord, there, there's something in my life I want you to interject and do something new. I'm not talking about a little bit different or slightly better. I'm talking about, God, I want you to do something radical and transformational. So many of you have come up to me, and I can't tell you how much it means to our family that you say, I was praying for exactly that. I was praying for a miracle for Creed, and it happened. And I want you to pray for miracles. I want you to pray big, big prayer requests. I talked to someone in the early service. She said, when you taught me to do this, she said, the doctor said, you have cancer. You have a 27% chance to live. And so, we were tempted to just pray for my comfort. And she said, instead, we prayed for my healing. And now, she's five years cancer-free, totally removed. She said, it wasn't that I was comfortable. It's that God healed me 27%. And now, uh, I don't even have to go, but once a year for a checkup. God can do amazing, wonderful things. So I'm gonna give you another prayer request here in a little bit, but you're gonna start out today with what your prayer request is in Christ that you say, God, I want you to do something new and different in me. So verses 14 through 16 uh Paul continues, he tells of Ephesians, for Christ is our peace. He made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In his flesh, he made of no effect the law consisting of commands and expressed in regulations so that he might create in himself one new man from the two resulting in peace. He did this so that you might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he made hostility, which he put hostility to death. So, what does God do in Christ? Your history was hostility, but now in Christ, your destiny is peace. Before you came to Jesus, your history was hostility, but when you come to Christ, but now in Christ, you are people of peace. He says in this verse, it's two ways that it happens. The first is peace with God. He brings you into peace with God. When we live in a day where we see this verse, this hostility verse play out over and over and over, people are angry and hostile about so many things. People are hostile about um, politics. And they are hostile to those who believe differently in political ways. People are hostile about the economy. They are mad about inflation. They are angry about interest rates. They are hostile towards these things. People are hostile as they fly these days. They cannot act right on planes. People are hostile in their sports teams. But God says your destiny can be peace when you are in Christ. You can be in peace with Christ. And when you are, then the hostility begins to dissipate. Not only with God, but then he says, with the dividing wall of people. He says in these verses, both groups. Paul is preaching to an Ephesians church that is a very cosmopolitan church. It's got people from all over the world gathering at this major port city. And he says, now we've got both groups. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles. The Gentiles are a vast group, but the Jews are the people of God uh, born or, or uh, their ancestry is in Israel. And he says, now these groups come together and the dividing wall, the hostility wall is down so that there's no longer hostility and there is peace among these people. These different groups are now one in Christ Jesus. This is one of the verses that we used two years ago as we began to talk about being intentionally multi-ethnic at River Valley. That we didn't want to just say, uh, you know, come and, and and get saved. We wanted to say, Jesus wants to bring people from all over the world into our county, and He wants to bring people into our church, and He wants to bring us peace with God. We live in a time where things like Black Lives Matter, where uh, the border and how to secure it and all of those type of issues can divide people greatly. But in the church of Jesus Christ, we can come together and we can have peace with God because the higher standings is that Jesus Christ died for all men, women, boys, and girls. And we come together under that banner. So here we are today, and we celebrate that in peace. Let me give you my favorite uh, story. Christmas Day, 1956, the Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth preaches a sermon at Bethel Baptist Church, and he says, tomorrow I will begin to ride the bus. Uh, Reverend Shuttlesworth was a black a Baptist pastor in Birmingham, Alabama. The year before, you remember, in Montgomery, uh, Alabama, was the the bus boycott started by Rosa Parks. And so now uh, Reverend Shuttlesworth was saying, "I'm going to take up this cause." I didn't I didn't realize it until I was reading this story. I didn't realize it wasn't like a local mandate uh, or a city ordinance that said uh, how buses could be used by people of color. It was an actual Alabama state law that said that blacks had to sit in the back of the bus, and they must immediately give up their seat to white people. Well, Rosa Parks was uh, the the one that is most known for for, uh, defying that law. And now here, the Reverend Shuttlesworth says, I'm going to do this in Birmingham and and ride the buses. That happened on Christmas morning, uh, 1955. On Christmas night, 1955, it didn't take long for the word to get around, because this happened. The KKK bombed his house literally while he was in it. The concussive blast of the, the, the bomb was so massive that it actually shattered windows a mile away, and he was in the home when it happened. He literally walked out, no scratches, no head trauma. He didn't even have ringing in his ears. And he said, God has delivered me a miracle. One of the police officers in this photo said to uh, Fred Shuttlesworth, he said, you've got to get out of town. He said, I know some of these people, and they are vicious, and they will kill you. And the next morning when he met with his uh, church people, many of them said, don't go, don't ride the bus, They'll, they'll kill you. And then Fred Shuttlesworth had this great statement, which I love. He said, if you want to hide, you can go find a crack and you can hide in it. He said, but I'm going to go ride the bus. He said, now, I'm not looking around to see who's behind me. He said, boys, step back. Men, step forward. And he walked out the door. Oh, that's a good statement. Uh, Man, he walked out the door and he rode the bus, even though he literally had been threatened with his life. Uh, Later on, he was arrested for riding the bus, for breaking the law. The officer who arrested him was an antagonizing him, trying to get him to fight back so that he, he would have uh, further charges of assault of a police officer. And so he was literally calling him names. He beat him, uh, he stripped him. And then he said, don't you want to hit me back? And Fred Shuttlesworth looked at him and he said, I don't want to hit you back. I love you. Oh, God gives peace. God fights hostility with Peace. We are a people who will once again see it, mark my words, in the coming election year. We will see divisiveness. We will see people saying that the other side is not just wrong, but are evil and everything's gonna have, be horrible if they are elected. And we as River Valley are a people that will come in here and say, we serve a higher God and we are with peace with our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, amen? amen. We are at peace because Christ has brought the dividing wall down and brought people together, even people who are very, very gross very differently, even different languages, He brought us together. And He now says, our destiny is peace. Number two, verse 17, Ephesians says, He came, God came, and proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were away, and peace to those who were near. For through Him, He chose, uh, for through Him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So, He says, your history was me, but now in Christ.'" Your destiny is us, us together. He said, those who are near and those who are far are brought together in Christ Jesus. I think there would have been a time at River Valley where we wouldn't have, have been racist, but we would, have, we would have said, oh, it's them. There's, there's groups of people that, that really don't fit in River Valley or really don't come to River Valley. So it's, it's fine, it's, but it's, it's them. And the Bible says, no, 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 it's us. That we are called to be the place where every man, woman, boy, and girl comes together under a very specific circumstance. Let me show you what those are. This is this is our. Um our vision for a multi-ethnic church Revelation chapter 7 beginning verse 9 Says after this This is John He gets a look into heaven John the apostle is literally looking into heaven He says there was a vast multitude And there was every tribe or Every nation, every tribe Every people and every language And no one could number this vast nation They were standing before the throne And before the lamb And they were clothed in white robes With palm branches in their hands Now I want to show you in this verse It's really interesting Paul, or John goes to heaven, and he sees people, and they are all dressed the same in a white robe, but they are all different. He's still able to see, well, they're from this nation. They're from this language. They're from this tribe. Do you understand what he's saying? When we go to heaven, God doesn't make us one big color. God— it, keeps the way that we are raised because we are expressions. We uh, show the glory of God in the way we look. Male and female, young and old and black red, yellow, black, brown, and white, they are all precious in his sight because they show and they reflect God. And so we go to heaven and we see this reflection in all of these different groups, and all of these different people, and they are standing around and they are worshiping Jesus in this vast multitude from all over the world. And then let me show you verse 10. He says, and then they cried out in a loud voice. And so all of these people speaking out together. And so I want us together to today to read these words that we will cry out in heaven to get, uh, out loud today. Starting with the word salvation, I'm going to read it. And they cried out in a loud voice, read it together, salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, every tribe, tongue, nation, and language. Ooh, I just had a great idea. Put that verse back up there. I didn't do this in the first service. If you speak a different language, would you stand up for just a moment? I'm going to have you read. Tell us, tell us what language you speak. I'm sorry? Arabic. Arabic. Will you read, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb? Can you translate that into Arabic on the spot? Oh, give her a hand. We'll hear it in heaven. You want to stand up? Will you tell us this in Spanish, please? Anybody want to translate Spanish for us? You know what? Look at me. You can do it. I promise you can do it. Do your very best unto the Lord. That sounded perfect to me. Give her a hand. (laughs) Fantastic. Any other languages here? Any other languages that'll read for us? Say for us. Listen, here is our vision at River Valley. We want that expression that will for sure be in heaven. We want that here, right now. Why do we want to wait to heaven to have every tribe, tongue, and language represented? We want every tribe, every tongue, every language represented right now at River Valley. Everyone who comes from literally the four corners of the world to Bastrop County, we want them to find Christ in this place. Amen? Here's how we do it. Here's how we do it. This is what the the world misses so much. You are you tend to be connected with people that you have a similar background, a similar culture, a similar upbringing with that, that tends to be how you connect with people, so you have buddies in high school that, that are similar you, than you most of the time in those ways. But when you're from every tribe, language, nation, and culture, then all of a sudden you weren't raised the same. You weren't even raised in the same language as we were if you were raised in uh, with English. And now all of a sudden you come together. So we don't have background the same, we don't have culture the same, we don't have our upbringing the same, but what do we have the same? Every one of them is wearing a white robe. Every one of them tells a story, and they say, you know, this is how I was raised, and this is what I spoke like, and this is what my my parents taught me. But then one day, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and He showed me how I would sinned, and He told me that He had forgiven me of my sin if I would repent and trust Him as Lord, and I've been saved. And all of a sudden, you go— that happened to me too. So I don't have the same background as you. I don't have the same uh, culture as you, but I have the same experience in salvation as you. And that trumps everything else in our culture That we are here today and we are the ones that say, God has given me a white robe and he has set it aside in heaven. And when I die, he will hand me that robe and he will hand that robe to every tribe, a vast number, every tribe and language and nation and tongue. And we will come and we will worship together. We want to see that at River Valley. We want to see that at River Valley. So it's not us or it's not uh, me. It's not you. It's not them. It's us. It's all of us together worshiping Jesus Christ and seeing Him together. That's what God does in Christ Jesus. So that's your second prayer request today. I want you to write on your prayer request, but now in Christ, and you can write down your own. Man, make it a big, bold prayer. But then look around this room right now, and I want you to find someone else, and I want you to pray something for them. Not in your family, someone, someone outside of that. And I want you to pray for them. You might not know them individually. You might just have to pray, God, this is, I'm praying for this in their life. You might know them individually and say, "This I'm praying something really specific for you today. And I want you to write that prayer request down. And we'll, we'll come and we'll use that in the very uh, end. But now in Christ, we don't have to let our history be our destiny. Jesus can transform us. Number three. Verse uh, 19. So then you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household who built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. So your history was a foreigner, but now in Christ you are a citizen. You are a member of the family of God, you are a member of the church. And God says He begins to build us together. He says we start with the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. We start with the foundation of the Word of God, that this is our standard of what we believe and how we live. And so, uh, several of the churches uh, this week are starting a new Bible initiative. And so if you don't have a a current Bible study plan, let me encourage you. So uh, there's several churches in our community and they're reading Luke, then Acts, then Romans. Luke, then Acts, then Romans. They're reading two chapters a day, starting today, no days off. It's 68 chapters. It'll take you 38 days. Luke, then Acts, and Romans. It's a fantastic way to get Scripture. In Luke, you'll find out the gospel of who Jesus was. In Acts, you'll find the story of the New Testament church. And then in Romans, you'll find the deepest theology of how God is that you'll find in the New Testament. So, Luke, then Acts, then Romans. Two chapters a day starting today. It's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And then he says, we are built together. We are as citizens of the church, as members of the church, citizens of heaven, we are members of the church, and we are being built together. This is what I believe with all my heart. We are stronger because we are multi-ethnic. We are stronger because we are together. We are stronger because you didn't, weren't raised like me and didn't grow up thinking like me and don't have my culture, that we all come together and God shows his vast wisdom in the people and the faces of the earth and he brings us and builds us together. He builds us together in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to get to see that unfold in the days to come as he continues to grow us, as he continues to make us um, intentionally multi-ethnic, as we continue to see people um, from very different backgrounds come to uh, River Valley and get changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to have an altar call. Now, some of you, we, if you remember, in the very early days of River Valley, I grew up as a Baptist, and so a Baptist, you have to come forward if you want anything God to do anything in a service. And so we would we would have an altar call to come forward. The problem is, raise your hand if you grew up in a church that had an altar call. Raise your hand. Let me. Yeah, about about a third of us. That means that when we had an altar call, two thirds of the people were going. What's going on? Uh, I mean, that, that's basically what's happened. You, you know, like, well, w- I have to sing a special song. Why do they want me to come forward, right? And so, so I would have to explain it every week. And so, so we, we let God work among you because we don't want to try to get you to do something that's like one more step. But today, I want you to take that step. We're going to have an altar call. And you see the first service. You see these cards laid before us. And I want you to write on those cards. We have so many in this service. I want you to, you can actually go down and just kind of uh, use the wall and just set these on there. You don't have to wait for this, this front part because it'll be, it'll be crowded. But, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to write, but now in Christ. And I want you to write that, that prayer request for you. God, don't let me get into the ruts of the way it's always been. But now in Christ, I want something. I'm asking for a big new. And then I want you to pray for someone in this, in this service right now. You might not know him by name, but just pray and ask God because he says he's being, we're being built up together. You are asking, he says, those who are near to God and those who are far to God, they both have access, in verse 18, they both have access to the heavenly throne. And so pray for others around you. Pray for our church. And here's how I want you to do it today. I want you to write those things down. I have a a card for every service. I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to go in my right mind. And I want you to come and I want you to to symbolically put your hands on this card. And you pray on it. And then when you drop it at the altar, you can just set it here. You pray along the sides, the front. When you drop it here, I want you to see the symbolism of that's it. I'm letting it go and I'm letting God do his work. We're not praying today, God, you know, like I need to do this. We're praying, God, I'm asking for a miracle. God, I'm asking for something big and I let my hands go and I want to watch you work in such a way that no one will ever say, wow, you did a great thing. They'll say, look at what God did for you. And so I want you to pray that today. We're going to sing, we're going to sing a song called, Oh, Come to the Altar. And as you write these out, I want you to pray over these, and I want you to come up and drop these at the altar. So let's stand to our feet, and I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to come to the altar. Jesus, I thank you so much, God, that I get to come to the altar that the way things I think will play out in the future does not have to be the way, God, it is. And I thank you for the reminder of that in my own family this week. I thank you for creed and his healing, God. There's no other explanation, Jesus, but you, and I'm so thankful for that. And God, I pray for us as a people today that we would pray big, bold prayers for the name of Jesus Christ in our lives. God, I pray that we would look at people across the aisle and I pray that we would see, God, the the diversity, the wonder that you have brought in Jesus to this place. And we would say thank you to God and we would pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, that you would bring down the dividing wall of hostility and you would give us peace. God, that you would not make it, oh, those people over there are them, but this is us, the family of God, citizens of heaven together. Christ Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in making us multi-ethnic at River Valley. We praise you for the future in all that it has. God, we look forward to the day that we will see here in this world every tribe and every tongue and every nation. And we look forward in heaven of wearing white robes together and praising salvation in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church for more details there as well.